0: From the Transverse Network, this is the Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week's guest is Robbie, a 31-year-old trans man working as a caregiver in Southern California. So let's get into your story, your your trans story. When did you first realize you were different, and what were some of those, those early clues for you?
1: Mm, good question. Um, for me... I really started to notice more when I was in high school. Um, I didn't really know about any transness growing up. Um, I was raised very sheltered, um, so I didn't really know anything about that. Um, my parents made sure I didn't know anything about that. we uh, <laughs> were very, um, very controlling yeah. in that sense, oh. which uh, it's what they knew and it's how they were raised, so mm-hmm. I don't blame them. So did uh,
0: did you have did you have things you know certain feelings that you had like you 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 felt like you were different but then you just didn't have a language to express it because you hadn't been exposed to anything
1: like doing a lot of some of the guy stuff like I was really much into wrestling like my cousins um very much like a rough tough type of gal I guess growing up in mm-hmm. a way I didn't care much for Like, wearing girls' clothes, if I had the option, I probably would have dressed more tomboyish, but being raised with the mom that I had at the time, she liked it when I was more feminine, not looking masculine, so I, you know, I I had to pick and choose because I was living with her. It's either I live under her roof, or I get kicked out way before I'm, like, old enough to really feel comfortable living on my own. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change it for anything else, though. I love where I'm at now and um and transitioning now for three years and I think when I came out was when it actually hit me that I'm actually a dude but I was trapped in a girl's body Mm -hmm. all this time like I love being able to go to the beach and have to wear no top like I can just go with my my swim trunks on and go out in the water and like not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like I- I've always wanted to do that. Hated wearing a one piece suit, like I didn't care much for, it, even though I had to at the time. I I, I just wanted to be comfortable in my body. Uh-huh. I never felt that way as a girl, so it's like uh, it makes sense. More than ever now that I'm a dude, I was just trapped in a girl's body.
0: So how was your... You started to realize when you were about 15 in high school, you say, so um, how was that experience? Did you have anything specific where you were picked on or singled out, or were you able to kind of blend in? Uh,
1: No one really picked on me. I kind of, at the time, I more so in myself identified the way I did, but I never set it um, outside of that boundary line I don't know if I could trust people. At the time, kids were not the greatest. Um, I got teased just for being different Mm -hmm. and I didn't really care much for that so I didn't feel the need to come out to anyone about me being a little bit different Uh gender-wise. I wasn't sure how I felt about that at the time coming out as that but I identified more as a lesbian or more on the term of being bisexual at the time so i I kind of was in between uh, trying to figure out where i I was in the world and high school was not the place for me (laughs) once i got into college that's kind of where i started to realize different things about me were more of a guy and then i think it's when i met with my current best friend now caitlin um when I started to actually learn about the transgender community. and I met her at Patty's, that's when I started to learn about it. Okay. Yeah, Patty's is a local gay bar, and is one of the best places to meet a lot of fabulous folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the gay bars usually... Are, yeah. So uh, yeah they're the best. It, it's, it's kind of funny, when you're starting to put this together, how, you know, you, again, you, it, you it's hard for you to have the language, so you don't understand it, and the gay community is just much more open and accepting of things and you can find that spot where you can just go and be whatever for the night and and test how it feels who did you first come out to when you realized that you were trans
1: sister my older sibling i had come out to her um via text
0: and how old were you then
1: i was 20 about to turn 28 i was 27 and um when i came out to her she was uh, she's like, it's not that I don't condemn you or anything. She just doesn't approve of it. She's like, really, none of the family will accept you <laughs> as who you are. And that's kind of been a lie because both my dad, who is an awesome person, does call me Rob. He does try. And my stepbrother... Uh, calls me Roberto when I talk with him, and he's the only one. Him and my dad are the only two that call me, I, either Robbie or Roberto.
0: Um,
1: But none of the rest of the family do call me Ruth, or they they call me Ruth or Ruthie. <laughs> oh, I swear, I hate that. I cringe when I hear the name Ruthie. Hmm. I just, I think that they're calling me Roberto or Robbie. You know, like I don't associate Ruth or Ruthie anymore. When I came out to them and then shortly after, this was the time I was staying with when I was kind of going back and forth between Caitlin and spending time with her, I came out to her and she knew before I knew. (laughs) She knew I was trans before I did, which I kind of like. She's the one that encouraged me to let me be me. Let me be Roberto and in that sense it's really been a blessing. Um She identifies as a trans woman who's also lesbian. I identify as a trans man that is gay. <laughs> You're two totally opposites of each other. Complete.
0: But Yeah, but with, with similar similar perspectives on things. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So um what what made you decide to choose that sister? Was she probably your your best bet for someone who would accept you or have some level of understanding?
1: She was the closest one at the time that I would be communicating with most of the time. She was my family and I figured, mm-hmm. you know, if I can talk to her and it be between me and her and you know, I was hoping it was going to stay between me and her and not get to my parents. Okay. Um, Because I was living under my parents' roof, it was like, you need to tell mom and dad, and you only have this such and such window of a time frame to tell them.
0: So she put an ultimatum on you and Mm -hmm. forced you into it before you were ready?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Because I was not ready to tell either mom or dad about that, and when they found out... Mom kicks me out when she found out. So I was, either I take the bullet by the horn and I came out to them or I run into my room and, you know, never come out. Yeah. I came out. So it's like, better come out than not, but yeah. just not the way I want to go about it. It's hard because the, my family was a big part of my life. And now not really around as much. I have my biological family who do accept me and um call me Robbie, Roberto, Rob, and you know they have no issues with it. My half sis has no problems with it. Well that's she loves having yeah she's like I love having a brother. I'd rather have a brother over a sister (gasps) any day. So that doesn't bother her at all. We in that sense I'm very grateful that at least I have my biological family that do accept me.
0: Yeah, having family support you is really important. Having as much of a a support structure as possible is really important, but you know, one of the final steps is is to come out to family, and it it can be really devastating when they don't support you. So um, I know it was a a really mixed bag, but I'm glad you were able to find some support with them. Was there anybody, either in your family or outside of that, that you were kind of surprised to find support from?
1: To be honest, I think the one person, when I came out to, uh, and this is going to be a little bit of a background story, because my birth family, I recently met them in 2018. Um, The parents that raised me legally never changed my last name when I was a kid. I've had my birth mom's last name for all my life. Um, but my guardians um, raised me. I don't really, I don't really call them anything else but that.
0: Is there anybody that that does support you that you were surprised by? My
1: dad is of how he was raised, same as my mom. Um, we we're both raised Lutheran, grew up Lutheran, transitioned out here, and I think the conversation I had with him in the car coming home, and I was sitting in the back seat. Coming back home to Oxnard, which is now home to me. And I said to him, you know, can you call me Robbie? Or even just Rob? And um, after that conversation, he text messaged me and called me Rob for the first time. And I was like, what? And Every text I get, it's Rob. And I appreciate that i know it's hard for him because he lives with my mom 24 mm. 7 unfortunately and he has to hear the name ruth or ruthie a lot so yeah. it, it's it gets him confused because he calls me rob he knows that's what i go by but he's like he ends up calling me ruth and he doesn't mean to do it mm. it's just accidental in his mind but he does try to call me rob oh, and he was the wonderful. one yeah, he was the one person I was surprised That supports me
0: What does the the, the trans community Look like to you As a, as a trans man I, I know a few trans men Or trans masculine people But I, I feel like they're sort of more rare I have a hard time running into them We've got a great community here But it seems to all be predominantly white Trans women So what has your perspective on the trans community been?
1: I think same as yours, Emily, as far as predominantly a lot more trans females. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to be honest, the only people I've ever been around since I came out are trans women. And that is the only type of group since I've come out to be trans that I've actually been around. And I'm grateful for um, trans, trans, trans Lounge, which I go to... Um, Every Friday we have a perception group that I'm a part of. And I have gotten to meet a few trans men in that group. Masculine people. Okay. And that has been a blessing. Because before that, there was hardly nobody. Hmm. There was no... where I live, it's... You could probably count the amount of trans men that live in the area on your hand.
0: Mm. And
1: that's pretty much it like there's not a big number of us and there's a conversation i had with caitlin about this too and it's because trans men blend in better to society in general because our transition is very effortless Mm -hmm. as far as our appearance and everything changing so quickly and how just within a couple of months I was more masculine, and I presented as a male by then, hmm. and I looked it, so I didn't have any, like, issues with, like, you know, being misgendered. <laughs> Someone actually at Walmart asked me, Caitlin, have you ever thought about having kids, or do you ever want to have kids? I thought I was a male and she was a female, and then once we told them, it's like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> like totally shocked. Mm. I was like, yeah, we're not together. In that sense.
0: but that's got to be wonderfully affirming, right? You know, to feel yeah. like like you can pass that Wow, That's really interesting. Have Have you found within the the trans masculine community that you found that, and the few trans men you found through the Trans Lounge are they um, Are the other trans men more hesitant to come out and and to reveal that they're trans men? Are do you feel like you you mentioned that it's easier for them to blend in? Are there more dangers or fears with no. that?
1: No, I just think a lot of trans guys don't want to have to repeat the question on who they are, mm. um, because uh, a lot of trans men have had this question pop up. Well, do you want to trans? Are are you going to transition to a female? As if they see you and you present like full dude. They tell them I'm trans. Well, they're like, "Do you want to transition to a female?" It's a joke, <laughs> you know. Yeah, joke. It's like, "No, I don't want to do that. I want to. I, I'm in the body that I'm in. I'm a guy. I was born." If you like, you don't want to have to repeat that question over and over again. Makes sense, So a yeah. lot of us will go stealth. You just go authentically with who we are, and we. No one asks questions. No one bugs you. I don't have any issues though as far as any danger or anything i've never had any issues i know the other guys um that i've talked with don't have the they don't have that issue either it's more just like you know when will my voice drop you know when will i grow facial hair it's the normal um questions yeah most trans men have so
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that's you know and it's the same thing for us but i think I think it's it's more common for, you know, I think more, trans women are more visible and are more out and talking about it because, like you said, it is harder for us to transition and pass and to blend in. So that's very interesting. And you mentioned that it's also a shorter timeline, huh? Because I think uh, for a trans woman, it's about two years before it really starts to kick in and... and And really get going and what what did you find the timeline was for you before you know the facial hair came in the muscle muscle structure?
1: I think I started my testosterone August uh, at the end of the month I had my first shot of testosterone and then after that it I think was just a gradual process it was about a good five months in and my voice started to drop. Okay. Um, six months. I had top surgery in 2018, mm. um, which also really helped with okay. my dysphoria, even more so. I think it was like six months of being on testosterone, and in that time frame, like my muscle, my body started to change, my face started to change. Um, I was already hairy. When I started the testosterone, it just made the hair grow even quicker on my face and on my head. Like, my hair uh, started to thin out first. I started to notice I had um, a receding hairline, and I actually do have a receding hairline now. Mm. Um, So that's, like, the one thing I have noticed being on T. And when I first started, that was the one thing to go first. The beard starts to grow in. Um, My beard, unfortunately, grows really weird. (laughs) <laughs> so, instead of like growing this way, it grows down and then kind of like my goatee. Uh-huh. Um, so it doesn't like connect, which is really weird, like it should, um, but I I love it. My voice started dropping like right away, like within a couple weeks of starting a room. Hmm. My voice started dropping, then once that started, then I noticed my body starting to change uh the way my body structure was to the where it is now, it's definitely changed. and I like it. you know I can lift a lot more. Um, I'm a lot more stronger on my upper, my lower. fortunately has always been weak. my legs have always been weak, but my upper body strength is like incredibly crazy, like just crazy in general. I <laughs> I don't know how in the world I was naturally very strong as a female now I'm even more so but I don't have the muscles. I just have the muscle memory.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm a little hesitant about is, you know, I've I've I'm I've never been really big, but um, for my size I've I've always been pretty strong. And so not not super looking forward to that, you know, having to have somebody help open jars, but I think it'll be worth it for the other benefits. It's okay.
1: Caitlin has to have that every once in a while, so no worries.
0: How has finding this community helped you? I know that you kind of had to come out and go through a lot of it before you were able to find community, so you kind of came into it late, but how is it helping you now?
1: It's given me another family um, that I call family to really connect with and to talk with and just be be open and honest about things and to ask questions and not feel like I have to live a certain way or a certain way that I can be myself and that to me has been amazing to be able to see other trans guys that um, I now contact and I keep in contact with on a regularly basis even when we're not in group or randomly message one another and Mm -hmm. check in you know and that's been a blessing to have that um, support in that sense and i really um, greatly appreciate that
0: how you you sort of alluded to yeah, it but too. how has it affected your trans journey has has it modified some of your goals you're more kind of comfortable and, and maybe accepting of where you are
1: i actually am very much so um comfortable and accepting where i'm at because um, i'm very happy with my transition there is a few things i have about um, and that's regarding doing bottom surgery Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not going to do just because there's um, complications during that and I don't really want to have to go through that ordeal so I prefer I've done the hysterectomy I've done top surgery and those are two main surgeries I feel like I needed to do and I'm like I'm happy with that No, I'm with the rest of my body the way it is, so
0: yeah that's great um yeah I don't know much about uh, bottom surgery for uh, female to male are they are they getting to a point where they're having um, kind of decent success rate with that or is it still is it still a little bit too new
1: I would say it's probably still a little bit too new um, just because there are different ways of going about it okay Unfortunately, trans guys have more complications.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I... I know
1: I know one friend of mine that did have um, complications, and he said he just he was in so much pain and just so much discomfort over it, and it was, it was an ordeal for him. And I'm like, when he told me that story about it, I'm like, I'm not gonna go near it. Mm-hmm. I've thought about it, but it's not something that I want to risk hmm. doing. It means I can't work because I'm a caregiver and I have to be available. And I'm like I want to do that. Yeah, too, mu- too much too much
0: downtime. Out. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what was your experience with a top surgery? Was Was that an easier one?
1: Nah. Well, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I that was easy in the sense of when I woke up. Uh, I mean, a chest was not fun as a kid growing up. Knowing that I was going to grow a chest was not fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I hated mine. um, And I'm I'm glad that Caitlin has hers because she loves them. And I'm glad I don't because I just... oh, It was the worst thing ever for someone that is born female to have to deal with. To be honest, now having flat chests and being okay with that, it's actually a good thing. Now I see where it's like... And there's kind of something of, about loving the gender that you were and loving the gender that you are. Um, I love certain parts of the gender that I was before. Okay. But there's parts now that I love even more better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I didn't go through the processes that I did um, pre-transition me, I wouldn't have met Caitlyn the night that I met her. I wouldn't have on, um, you know the decision of, you know, looking into hormones. I wouldn't have done any of that
0: mm-hmm. if it
1: wasn't for putting myself in a spot where I needed to find someone that identified as me or could understand um, what it is to be different. The night that I met Caitlin, I actually found out in that when it really hit more so. And then after that night, um, nice. you know, I, I asked her questions. She was able to, you know, kind of answer what it was for her because I got to ask her about, you know, her transition and every once in a while we'll talk about it. Being able to see me go through my journey has been a happy thing for both of us. Okay. Because she's been able to see how happy I am. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a partner um, in a way uh, that's been supportive of me. and She was with me it. during during my top surgery and my hysterectomy, in that I give her praise for because I'm not an easy person to have to take care of. <laughs> the sense, so I, I greatly appreciated her in that sense. I really did.
0: Well, that's I wonderful like that, that even life. though you know you're on different sides of the, of the coin, that the stories were still relatable enough that you were ha- you were able to have those conversations, and they did resonate with you in a way that gave you the courage and. Bolstered you and made you realize that yes, this is something that will help me and uh, make me feel better. I really appreciate that, especially since, like I said, I've I've on this show it's been hard for me to get the other perspective. So we've uh-huh. we have come from the the, the uh-huh. trans woman perspective, and it sounds like hopefully some of that will resonate with with trans male viewers as well. That's nice to know. Um, a question in the audience here is can you elaborate about any uh, issues you had with the the hysterectomy was were either of these surgeries significantly worse or easier than you had feared going in
1: actually i think i was more nervous going into the top surgery hysterectomy i was more at ease unfortunately the top surgery did not come out way i had inspected it to come out with the surgeon i had um and he didn't i didn't know the questions to ask because i didn't have someone to like you know ask those questions at the time when i got the surgery mm-hmm. so it, it was one of those things where it didn't come out the way i wanted it to and um but the hysterectomy that was very easy for me to go through and i'm gonna say this unfortunately because um, my half-sister and I have had this conversation. Um, cis women, if they are younger, cannot get it because there is a potential that they would want to have kids. And for me, being a trans dude, mm. even though it is possible for us to have kids, I didn't want it. Yeah. And so for me, it, both surgeries were easy peasy answer to my question. I want them done.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and so that wasn't that hard it's the fact that you're getting something surgically removed from you and something that you grew up with and it's like I think that's the scary part you're taking away something that people saw you as and now you're going to be taking that Mm -hmm. piece away you're going to be changing your body you're going to be altering and I think that's the part that, that would scare anyone Yes, it's altering your body in any form of sense, and so for me, when I did it, there was no question about it. The hysterectomy, um, my surgeon, I loved her. She was awesome. I had all females working with me um, nice. between the anesthesia, the nurse, and the doctor, all female, and they were all really sweet, um, and I think they helped me. They eased my nervousness about it. I woke up really easily. Now, there was no issues when I woke up. I was very happy um, knowing that they got everything out. The one thing is when you have the hysterectomy, you do have an option, in your trans- guys, if you want to keep your ovaries, um, just because if any time, um, let's say your insurance stops or something, and you need to have some form of um, You know, something in your body to keep your body regular. I kept mine just in case. Yeah, just in case if anything were to happen. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know, and I don't know. So I'm like, I would rather have that option to have them in there. And I have my tubes removed and my uterus taken out.
0: You mentioned that there were some questions that you wish you'd known to ask. What are some of those key questions with the top surgery? I know the top surgery is a little bit more tricky because that's the one that's cosmetic. And like you said, going out on the beach, uh, it's it's incredibly visible. What were some of those really important questions you wish you'd known to ask?
1: Um, One of them was just like the way my chest is um, scars um you know i'm okay with the the one thing is was my nipple um because i had the i had my right my nipples back on my chest when i had the um some people can get um no nipple or with nipple uh up surgery um being a trans guy you can choose um where they can do just a flat chest unfortunately with mine is i wish i would have asked about the um, breast tissue um, because I still have a little bit of the breast tissue that was left over, or the spot that never went down, because I do have some form of, like, bamboos, is what I call them. Okay. Which is fine because when I stand up, they actually look are, um symmetrical to what I what I was looking for. Okay. And I'm sitting down, like, I do have a little bit of a chest, and that's like the only thing I, I wish I would have known that that would have been the case at the time the doc did not like really talk to me about it and um okay
0: so that was that's just a a, um that's just an after effect of the surgery in general or is that something that like if you talk to your doctor they can remedy
1: i kind of got to a point where it's like i mean it doesn't bother me i probably still probably could have a revision but Mm -hmm. i'm not worried about it at this point I mean I'm comfortable I don't want to have to go under the knife again or even be under um, local anesthesia but I'm happy with the way things turned out so
0: so you you feel like you're complete
1: yes I do yeah do feel like I'm complete yeah I pass as a normal assistant but if I can pass for a normal sister, then I don't have to go any further than that.
0: That's wonderful. You know,
1: I, I don't see a reason to have to do any more surgeries. So.
0: Did you seek out any therapy throughout your transition?
1: Uh, I did have one counselor, uh, one person I went to. Uh, he worked at Santa Paula West. He's not with them anymore. Um, but he was also a trans man himself. I did not realize okay. this and hmm. I met him. I thought he was a cis guy, which is kind of funny. Wow. He looks very much like a dude, and he uh, he got to talk. Uh, there was an event that I went to where he got to talk a little bit, and I would never have guessed that he was a trans guy. Never. Hmm. A million minds, I would not have guessed that. He was very... I think the first process was talking with my parents, where I was at with them, um, how I was feeling about that, And this was when I first started the hormones. You know, once I started talking, I think things became easier. Um, Once I started seeing the therapist, and I only saw him for like a little bit, then after that, I really didn't question anymore. I didn't really want to deal with the whole that yes, I am different, but I'm aware of that. But I'm like, I'm doing good. And as long as I keep my mind focused positive, then that helps me with my able to deal with stuff um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what i've been learning It's just kind of going with the flow and people may not accept me as me um if they've known me before as something else i understand that i'm not going to let that get to me i'm not going to let that bother me i am just going to live my authentic self and be happy with who i am because really at the end of the day i'm the one that has to be happy Mm -hmm. with myself. No one else has to be happy with me. I have to be happy with me. So that's that's where I'm definitely happy in my transition, for sure.
0: That's wonderful. That's the most important place to get to, is to accept yourself, regardless of if you pass or how well you do or what surgeries you had. It's a matter of getting to your comfort level and feeling like yourself, like you're the whole you that you need to be, and accepting that wherever that is in the journey that others have laid out you know there's like this yeah. <laughs> there's a schedule you know and and you know you have to be comfortable with wherever you stop along that and accept yourself and love it do you have anything yeah. then that are yeah. any any I'm moments where much. you feel dysphoric yeah. i
1: think the only time i feel dysphoric is when my parents use my dead name or when my mom uses my dead name mm. um but other than that, I don't really feel dysphoric anymore. If nothing, I'm happy 24-7 and I feel just dysphoric, um, like you said, that that word that, you know, makes you feel happy with who you are and that's where I'm
0: at. Yeah, I was going to ask how transitioning is, has affected your mental health, but it sounds like it's it's all been completely positive, right?
1: I was a depressed kid before, and now I'm just a happy, happy adult.
0: How did you choose the name Roberto?
1: And that's going to be funny. I, um, at one point, was thinking about kids. Um, the idea of if I ever wanted to adopt or have a kid biologically. I don't know why, but I like the name Roberto for my son's name. And so I, I kind of kept, I never said anything to anyone about it. Never really mentioned about it. Um, but because of how I was raised, being kind of like a mixed ethic, um, being American and then also being half um, either Mexican or something else, you know, I, I kind of like the name Roberto because it's, uh, it's Latino, it's a comfortable name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when I started transitioning, I started trying to think of names at work and Roberto just happened to be one that... People call me Rob, Robbie, and I've never really wanted to change it. And I, I, you know, Roberto works and, you know, it's different from name I was given and I like it and I feel like it fits me.
0: What is some advice that you have for young or closeted trans people?
1: Mm-hmm. My advice is yourself, don't be afraid to stand out because at the end of the day you want to be happy with the body that you have or body that you will have you want to be happy and So take one day at a time don't rush into decisions and ask as many questions about anything um, you know don't be afraid to talk to surgeons to talk to doctors Ask questions and talk to therapists as a young trans person another definitely talk with therapists and um, get the confirmation before jumping into something and don't let other people say oh no no you can't do that like yes I can and I will be confident in who you are don't give up
0: are you open to being contacted by other trans people in the community and uh, the best way that for them to find you is on Facebook? Okay. Yeah, you've got... Yes, uh, I am. Under, Very much so. under his photo yes. there, I have Roberto Butler. And that's what you would look for on Facebook. So feel free to reach out if, if you need if you need some advice or have any of those questions.
1: Actually, um, it's Robbie Butler. The Roberto one, I don't think I have access to that one.
0: Is Trans Lounge one of the best places that you found? And are they open to people from around the country, around the world? Yes,
1: they are, very much so. Uh, trans masculine group, uh, it's every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. And then we also have um, trans neuro, which meets at 7.30, 7.30 to about 9.30 tonight, which is the first and a third Tuesday of the month. And then we also have every Friday, if you're wanting to look into it, uh, Trans Perception at 7.30 at 9. If you go to Trans Lounge, sign up for their email. You'll get the info and everything.
0: Great. And all the times that he mentioned are Pacific, by the way. So what kind of things do you like to do for fun around here in Southern California?
1: The beach. I like swimming. I like going to the pools. Uh, hanging out with friends. Um, I just like hanging out with people. Meeting new faces in person and interacting i miss doing that very much so
0: yeah so, so, so do we all uh, even uh, even the introverts are all like i need to meet people <laughs> yeah we got a, a one question here for the audience let's see what is something that you still want to do as a guy that you couldn't do when presenting as a woman
1: i went to the men's bathroom which i can do now confidently <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and that's the one thing i always wanted to do that's the one thing i can't do now as a man Uh Uh, Being able to go to a pool or the ocean topless, another.
0: Mm -hmm. But there's there's none that are are still goals out there that you haven't been able to achieve yet that you kind of have your your sights on? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Here's another one. What are, what are you doing during COVID to stay sane? That's the big tough question for all of us now.
1: That's a very good question. Um, Right now I am working, me being a caregiver, I'm um, doing that during the week. Three days out of the week, I work. I normally do groups, uh, hang out with my best friend in the whole wide world, Caitlin, and uh, go visit my dog. Take care of the dog that I currently live with at the moment, and spend time with my family that I live with currently. I'm like I can't complain. I'm, I'm happy. Go lucky. I may have days where I'm like down, but I can turn it around quick by mm-hmm. talking with people, by video chatting, and being on Facebook. It's simple I'm on there a lot. Um, I check messages. I talk with people. I interact. So I love that.
0: I really appreciate that you're willing to be open to having people contact you and talk about that. You know, obviously, it sounds like it, it helps you as well, and it always does. That's another thing about this show is you know it's not only for everyone else i feel like each story that i hear i gain a little bit something for myself and you know that's just one of the things about being able to have that community and talk and share our stories because even when we're sharing our stories we're helping we we do learn things from other people and it it benefits everyone robbie thank you so much for coming on this was a pleasure
1: i appreciate you allowing me to do this with you it means a lot
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash Transverse, and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash Transverse.